Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Our text this evening is Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, where Jesus says, Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. This is the text. You may be seated. Several students were walking across the quadrangle of a large university just as the bell tower chimed 5 o'clock in the afternoon. At that precise moment, the foreign student on the sidewalk in front of them dropped full length on the ground to the utter amazement of those walking behind him. After the initial shock, the students realized that he had not stumbled or fallen, but rather that he was a Muslim, prostrating himself at his holy hour of prayer. That man was not ashamed of his religion. How many of us are not ashamed to make known that we are Christians? How many of us, by omitting prayer or other practices that might designate that we are Christians, in effect become guilty of sinning as Peter did when he said, I don't know that man. What a tragedy for those who've been nominal members of the church, but about whom Christ will one day say, I never knew you. And that's what we're going to address this evening in our Lenten series, A Time for Renewal. It is also a time for renewal of witness. And our theme is this. Although we may often feel inadequate in our witnessing or fear other people's opinions of us, Christ frees us from fear and empowers us to a bold commitment in word and in deed. The words of our text are pretty clear, aren't they? Deny Christ in your life with explicit rejection of him as Peter did. And Christ will say on the last day, I never knew you. Or deny Christ by joining the secret service like the people at the end of the Gospel of Mark who said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Keep a zipper on your lip about your faith. And on the last day, Christ will say, I have nothing to say for you either. In Jerusalem, in certain temples, the incense is very heavy. And as pilgrims return to their homes or meet their friends on the street, other people can tell where they've been just by the fragrance. As you walk through your life, can other people tell where you've been? 
where you're coming from and where you're going? Have your eyes seen the king? Recall the story of the prodigal son, how he went to live in a distant country and there he squandered all of his father's goods, right? Well, that distant country is really any condition in your life, wherever you might be, that keeps you away from God. What distant country might you be in right now? What have you placed in your life before God that keeps you from a faithful witness to him? A milk truck driver once came to a campus pastor and told him about a student who attended the chapel there and who lived in the same boarding house as that driver. Because of the example of that student's faith, the milk truck driver wanted to join the Lutheran Church. That man has a faith to live by, he said. I want that faith. Could people say that about you? When we examine ourselves, we must admit that we're often like Peter. We live as if to say, I don't know that man. And of that we need to repent. Pastor and theologian Gerhard Aho has noted that we cannot confess Jesus Christ before the world unless at the same time we ask God's forgiveness for our own sin and are grateful for having experienced God's goodness and mercy. Confession of sin, praise of Christ, and witness to his gospel in word and deed before the world, these things belong together inseparably. And where one of these is missing, the confession is falsified. Although we may feel inadequate in our witnessing or we might fear other people's opinions of us, Christ frees us from that fear and empowers us to a bold commitment in word and deed. Many sermons and their hearers never get beyond simply talking about the need to evangelize. And people nod their heads and say, yeah, I should witness more. And then they go home and nothing happens. Where's the log jam here? I mean, I'm not saying that each of you needs to go up and down the streets of our community ringing the doorbells of strangers' homes like the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses. Although there is a time for the right kind of evangelism canvassing. I'm not saying that you have to be a professional witness or to be like those who are very gifted in expressing themselves, but we are saying here that you can be what you are. A baptized, redeemed child of God. And tell people who your father is. You can let your Christian walk 
show far more in the natural relationships of your daily life. Be what you are. Be who God has made you. One woman came up to the pastor after an evangelism presentation and said, you know, pastor, in that whole hour, there was one particular thing that you said that I like the most. What's that? Asked the pastor. That though some of us may fumble or stumble in our witness, we should still speak up for Christ. Fumbling, stumbling, that's me, she said. She could relate to that. Often, our witness is far more powerful than that of the person wearing the clerical collar. That is to say, your witness is often more effective than that of mine. And why? Because it's not coming from a professional. It's coming from someone just like them. And every one of us can say in our own fumbling, stumbling way, this is what Jesus means to me. So let your faith show naturally in your everyday life. In a book called Why People Join the Church, the author lists a number of different reasons for that, you know, why people join the church, why they may either come back to the church after a long time away from it or be brought into the church for the first time ever. And by far, the most frequent reason given why people joined the church was friends, or relatives. In their evangelism training materials, St. James Lutheran Church in Crystal, Minnesota said this, the resource is the living rooms and kitchens of the homes of the congregation. The most beautiful and natural place for the gospel is ordinary folk in honest communication in their homes, talking and listening to one another about what really matters in life. To become equal, to divest myself of any expert status, I come not to get or want anything, but to understand and to care. And in so sharing our faith in the natural setting of our workplace or our home, we have no reason to care. Even when persons may ridicule us, Christ's promise is there. When they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. So we rely on his gospel promise to remove our fear and renew our witness. The power is in the gospel, not in ourselves. 
And that power does come to us when we faithfully use the means of grace, the word and the sacraments. They are the power supply for our witness to our Savior and to his death and resurrection for us. Dr. Howard Kelly, the famed surgeon from Baltimore, was renowned for the Christian principles that he maintained in his profession. He was seldom seen without a beautiful rosebud in the lapel of his coat. And people marveled at how he was able to keep that rosebud looking and smelling so fresh for so long. When people asked him the secret, he turned the lapel so they could see behind it and there a little vial of water that the stem of the rose was dipped into through the buttonhole of the coat into that vial of water so that what people could see on the outside stayed fresher, longer. Dr. Kelly would then tell the inquirers that the secret of a beautiful and fragrant Christian life lies in drawing refreshment from the water of life, Jesus Christ, from being in his word, from receiving his sacraments, and being renewed and strengthened in our faith and in our life. That water of life is yours now in your baptism, renewing you and keeping your witness fresh every single day. So tell others about that living water. As Isaiah said, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. So will your life be different this week? Listen to how one businessman put it. Jesus, I need you to remind me that even though I'm part of management, I still belong to a union, the Brotherhood of Christ. I need you to remind me that competitors, fellow employees, suppliers, and customers are people you love as much as you love me, and that I am supposed to do likewise. Show me, for I am blind, the many opportunities I have each day to let people see you through me. Lord, I also thank you. I thank you for granting me whatever talent I have for the business I'm in and for enjoying my work. Remind me to treat it as sacred, as a vocation, as a means to fulfill my Christian commitment, not as a separate island of my life. Most of all, Lord, remind me that I am baptized, not was baptized, every minute of every day, especially from nine to five. Lord, thee I love.
with all my heart. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.